0: Welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Keneke. Today's show is on Metal Gear Solid, Peace Walker, and my guest is Zach Fleeman.
1: I only respond to Big Boss now, actually.
0: Really. <laughs> That's fair. What about Vic Boss? You know, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't either. I guess, it, I guess it means victory, maybe. Maybe it's shortened for victory. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, right now, I'm playing the Phantom
1: Pain, and apparently I'm... Either punished snake or venom snake.
0: I yeah, mean, you're all of the above. Yep. Um, how? Okay, let's <laughs> actually let's get this out of the way right quick, uh, so I know what I can and cannot say. Uh, how far are you into Metal Gear Solid Five uh, or V, if you if you will, uh, the Phantom Pain?
1: The Phantom Pain snake.
0: Um, I
1: I don't really know how to answer that question with that game. <laughs> um,
0: ha- have you seen? Um, have you seen a credits sequence?
1: No. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm like six missions in. Okay. I just saw uh, Skullface or whatever his name is. Yes. He picked me up with
0: what looked like a Metal Gear. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, what I'm hearing is that uh, what I can say about Metal Gear Solid and the story uh, thereof uh, is going to be extremely limited. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can say everything about the Metal Gear plot except anything that's in the Phantom Pain. Yeah, because which... I've done extensive homework.
0: <laughs> well, uh, c- cool. Um, that will be helpful. Uh, the problem is that uh, Metal Gear Solid V is some very connective tissue, um, and uh, but we'll, we should be able to get around quite a bit of it. Um, I and mean, honestly, honestly, the Phantom Pain is kind of. Uh, it almost feels uh, a bit like a side story. Uh, before, I mean, before it came out, it, it didn't even feel like something that necessarily needed to be told.
1: Exactly. Yeah, because Big Boss's like rise to infamy and who he was was pretty much already laid out. But right. I'm not complaining because that game is pretty fun.
0: It is a fantastic game. Uh, it is. It is maybe the best game of the year. Uh, I am playing Fallout Four right now. Um uh, if you heard the last episode, uh, Matt and I talked a lot about Fallout 4, uh, despite having a podcast about, uh, Metroid Fusion, so, uh... You could tie those two together. <laughs> yeah, of course, they're the same, right? Mm-hmm. Plasma and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5 is one of the best games of the year, and actually, uh, actually, I'm a little interested, um, well, maybe you aren't in this because you're only six missions in, but, um... I feel like it's gotten to be a worse game as it's as it has continued to live on. Uh, the, I mean, the game itself is fantastic and is not changing in the way it's fantastic, but uh, Konami seems to want to make it a worse experience for people uh, so that Konami might be able to get a little bit more money out of them. Have you dealt with any of the, uh, the FOB, the forward operating base stuff yet?
1: You know, I, it, are those the annoying as hell pop-ups when I start the game?
0: Uh, they're, they're part of that, yes.
1: Uh, I launched that game in offline mode because I, I can't stand those right now. I'll, I'll deal with whatever the hell that is after I beat the game, or that's what I consider beating the
0: That's game. a good call. Um, yeah, I, I played that game a little bit offline. Uh, cause, <laughs> so what's kind of annoying is that they you have your mother base, and then they kind of say, hey, you can make another base that's not mother base and you can store more materials and you can get some of your upgrade stuff faster. And so that's a really appealing thing. Uh, but then that's the thing that has the, the asynchronous multiplayer kind of thing of people can, uh, invade your, your forward operating base and steal some of your materials. So uh, yeah, like nobody can steal anything off your mother base. So that's where you kind of want to keep things, but, uh, you only have so much room on mother base, so if you want to get more materials, you have to get this FOB thing, and it's not fun. And and now Konami's like, hey, you can buy insurance for your FOB. Uh, so even if somebody steals something, you keep things. But hey, you have to pay us real money, and that's kind of shitty. And and they force you to uh, to build a forward operating base. You can't just not use it. Um, so. But-
1: that all sounds like stuff I will absolutely avoid for as long as I can. Yeah,
0: you, you should. Uh, the, the only thing, and I'm not sure if this matters in offline mode, um, I know people have said that they have tried to get around the FOB, or, or maybe they started and they got the FOB, and then they went to offline mode because it was shitty, and then the game docked you for not having an FOB. Huh. So I, I, again, like when I played it, when it first came out, Konami like, didn't really understand what it was, maybe or, or didn't know how to implement things correctly. So I got to like finish that game and play through the stuff I wanted to play through and and I had an foB kind of, but it didn't really get invaded that much and it wasn't a big deal and uh, and I got through it. So yeah. I feel like I got a really great experience and things that I've heard from people who are playing it now or, or played it uh, after I did are that that shit has gotten worse. So uh, That
1: sounds awful. Yeah. But, I mean, as... As a guy that doesn't play a lot of new games, like I think this may, I uh, don't quote me, but this very well could be the only game that was released in 2015 that I've played in 2015.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> that does and, not uh, bode well for a potential game of the year podcast.
1: Yeah, I bought new hardware, but, you know, <laughs> I, my, the thing I enjoy, I've come to realize, is enabling myself to have fun and not having any fun at all. So. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Metal Gear Solid Five is absolutely the best game I've played this year. The best new game I've played this year.
2: <laughs> All right. well, that's
1: competing that, against... Uh, very you know, little else. I thought else. Earthbound was a really good 2015 game that I played.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, well, cool. Well, you know, let's get on to this Metal Gear stuff in a second, but uh, we do have a little business to take care of first. Uh, we'll, we'll keep this somewhat short, but... Um,
1: You're launching a Patreon.
0: <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Uh, I don't think i could get that much out of it but uh that would be fun who knows um no the uh the new 3ds uh came out uh and not the new 3ds xl but the the actual smaller version that uh previously had only come to japan and i believe europe got a uh, got one too but um but the united states did not uh, and it was something uh, that, as, I guess, as the the guy with the handheld games podcast, you decided I was the expert on. because uh, yes. um, you've asked me a number of times. Uh, you when know, this it, thing it was may have out. been
1: for two years I've bugged you about a better looking <laughs> 3DS coming out.
0: Yeah, and and I'm again like we we talked about this I think at E3 time or something like right around there where it was. Yeah, man, I'd love it. I just don't think it makes business sense for Nintendo. And I, I still don't. No, it doesn't. And, it's, and I think they know it, too, because they only released it with this very specific Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer bundle. Because uh, you can't get the regular new 3DS. Uh, but, I mean, to be, to be ultra sure that everyone understands what we mean. The, the one with the Super Famicom buttons that looks awesome. Uh, whereas the the new 3ds XLs are are obviously the bigger systems, um, and they come in, I don't know, red and blue and and look boring like the things that you've purchased time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas these are badass. Uh, so I got one. Uh, I actually wanted to play Animal Crossing uh, Happy Home Designer, uh, despite what some of the reviews and things I'd heard about it said. Uh, and you did too and yep. we we sent tweets of of great joy and, mm-hmm. and celebration that that we were finally able to get our hands on this sweet system um, so tell me tell me a little bit about your experience with the system
1: well I have not played it <laughs> all right
0: there you go that's, yeah, that's great
1: no, it's it, no it's fantastic like it is literally everything I've wanted in a 3ds up until this point but uh you know i I, I, I no longer feel bad about owning something that I don't play, because when the time comes, I will play it. You know what I mean? So I I think right when I bought it is when I started my Metal Gear. Like uh, I started playing Snake Eater all the way up until where I am now. Um, so I, I haven't played it much yet, but it, it does load faster. It's, it's a size that I like. Uh, I did not have much interest in Happy Home Designer, so I was relieved to see that it was a paper code that I could sell on Amazon.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. So I won't ask you house. how that game is. I'll, I will not be bringing you back for that episode.
1: Yeah, I would have no idea. I hear there are, are animals. In, I don't know. Um, even though Animal Crossing is a series I greatly enjoy, um, I do not have much interest in that.
0: Yeah, did, Happy Home Designer feels like kind of a truncated version of Animal Crossing. Uh, it's, it's very different in that you're not, you don't get to do your fishing or bug catching or, or really any of that stuff, you don't even have your own house. Uh, yeah. but the the point is that you're building houses for for other uh other animals uh that you've seen in in the things before like um I, I don't know the frogs the bears all that stuff yeah um, it did
1: it did prompt me to load up my new leaf file um which hey that game is actually really soft on you when you come back to it after a long time yeah not as not so as like, much
0: on the weeds cockroach front
1: right yeah and the animals don't berate you and it's not like you killed them they're like oh hey i haven't seen you in a while yeah. excited to just talk to you more and then they're fine you know so that's that's nice but i so i don't know you went through kind of a third party route to get your new faceplates um
0: yes but uh, because
1: i mean because the ones that came with the bundle were
0: animal crossing themed
1: yeah it's silly and you know i didn't want that it's like but, I,
0: I like isabelle she's great and i i mean i have no problem with the the gingham pattern but um i don't necessarily want to display those things on uh, on my on my new piece of hardware here
1: right and i don't know how it is right now but i think it was like a week after or no no, no. i think the day it launched you could go to nintendo's like store like at their their storefront that they use for repairs and everything—you can actually buy certain faceplates. So I just bought a really generic turquoise one, and it actually looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I did go through a third party, um, like you said, like this. Well, like this being the single skew of this system out there, uh, and and only in this very specific bundle. Nintendo really didn't put out that many faceplates. Uh, I didn't I didn't put out the whole of the faceplates that they have in Japan. And there are some really cool ones uh, that are out there. Um, what I really wanted and the, and the reason I kind of wanted this system in the in the first place is that it's white. Um, yeah. And I, I have a big I don't know. I, I like white consoles. I have the, the Destiny white PS4. I got the Sunset Overdrive white Xbox One. Uh, I got the Assassin's Creed Liberation white Vita. I've actually. I've I've never played Assassin's Creed Liberation. I didn't want
1: to. Oh, did you? uh, Yeah, I I, I did the exact same thing where I bought that bundle and sold the game. Yeah,
0: I I didn't sell the game. I don't know where it is though. (laughs) I should have sold the game, Uh, but I I have never played it, and I do not know where that copy of that game is. Um, I I hear it's actually not a bad game, but I, I just don't care.
1: It's Assassin's Creed chase. You can call it a bad
0: game. Yeah, I've I've loved Assassin's Creed and I've hated Assassin's Creed, and I'm just at the point where I just don't care about Assassin's Creed anymore.
1: You know, ten years from now, we'll look back on that series when it's hopefully dead and gone, and be like, "Why did we bother?"
0: It's. mm, I like it. I really do, Uh, and it does. Maybe we can tie some of this back into Metal Gear uh, eventually, because those those two franchises have had some some crossover. Yeah just a tiny and believe me when we're in our mid 30s recording this show we'll be like you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have never bothered. Um anyway, uh so I tried to find a white faceplate and could not find it. Um uh, I've seen one person who has a white faceplate and they found it like through some chinese knockoff dealer thing and the whites didn't exactly match uh and it it looked like a bad scene all around. So uh, just not being able to have my all-white system that I really wanted, um, I decided to go with the next best thing, and that is with this sweet Mario um, stuff. Like, it's got a Cheep Cheep and a Goomba and, and Mario and a, a Bullet Bill and a Boo and all that stuff. Uh, but it is their fancy wood one.
1: Yeah, um, you better lock your doors at night, because I'm finding out <laughs> where you live and stealing that thing. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was
0: not super cheap, Um
1: yeah, I, was, I mean, I was seeing them around like forty to fifty bucks. Yeah,
0: it was it was around that, and it had to uh, had to come from Japan, uh, so it took a while to finally get here. But uh, but it's nice. It's a it is a great looking system. I will put um put photos, I guess, uh, on the on the Tumblr page for this uh, for this episode if people want to see it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is the nicest faceplate. It is made of real wood. It feels really nice. I haven't gotten a splinter. Uh, <laughs> they they polished it real nice. Well, um,
1: Wait, hold on! Shut up! It's made of real wood. It is made of that? real
0: wood. Um it is I mean it feels it feels kind of I mean it, it's It feels woodish. It's treated, but it, I mean it, it it is wood. Uh it is a very thin piece of wood, but it is wood nonetheless. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's really cool. <laughs> like they're they're bringing wood back. I don't know. Like it's Nintendo's going to make a, a station wagon now. I don't know. Um there, there are some other cool ones. There was a Kirby one that, that looked really nice that kind of looked like faux wood uh, a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like this Mario one. Uh, the last 3DS I have is the the 3DS XL that was the uh, the Mario and Luigi Dream Team bundle. So it was a silver one that had a little gold Mario and Luigi on it. Um, and that was, that was for uh, the year 20... Was that 24? Was that last year?
1: Mm, what year are we talking about? Are we talking about the year of Luigi? Yeah. I think that
0: was 2013. Was it 2013? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, the year of our Lord, the year, yeah. <laughs> Luigi, uh, I bought that system. Um, so that was the one thing I was playing on before I had this. Um, so I, it did take a little bit to, to get back into the form factor of like, oh, man, this thing is, is smaller again. I'm, I'm used to playing on the XLs. Um, but I, I actually really like it. It is a, it is a nice portable thing. I like uh, I like the way that the cartridge slots on the front and um, the uh, the stylus is on the front too. Uh, the 3D and volume sliders feel really nice on this. Uh, I haven't really used the the ZL or ZR buttons yet. I, I don't actually have a game that requires this quite yet. Um, I, I'm considering uh, binding of Isaac Afterbirth, but uh, I I played I'm playing Rebirth on my Vita and I actually really like it on the Vita, so I'm, I might wait for just the update for that. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I ended up buying Xenoblade Chronicles, um, 3D, uh, the, the 3DS version that, that requires the new 3DS as well. Kind of just because I wanted something that required this, and partly because Magic Air convinced me the last episode. So that's on its way. Um, I I don't know when I'll play that, but uh, yeah. but I'll have it. Um, but yeah, I, I played a little Smash Brothers. I used the the C stick kind of thing. It's fine. It's it's okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of used to playing Smash Brothers the other way, um, so it, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, maybe when Cloud Strife comes out for for Smash Brothers, then I'll then I'll try the C stick more. I
1: am so behind on Nintendo news. I know a lot of stuff happened this week.
0: Yeah, they probably. had a Nintendo Direct that was that had a lot of stuff in it. They're uh, they're putting uh, red, blue, and yellow of Pokemon's on the uh, on the 3ds uh, eShop. On yeah, the virtual big. console stuff, that'll be cool. You can you can trade uh, and battle wirelessly. So they went in and, and did the work to, to let you do that and not just have them be locked to your to your single system. So that's pretty that's cool. cool. Bill uh, Trinan was eating donuts. That's true. Right. He ate a lot of donuts because of Yokai, um, which is a Pokemon like game that I don't know, I'll probably I'll probably end up trying at some point.
1: Yeah, I, I might just watch a lot of videos about that, get hyped
0: about it. I don't know. I, I do. I, I, that's, that's the point. I, I, when we talked about this beforehand, about, or, and
1: I think we already covered it, how I just don't, I haven't played many portable games this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to play on this thing. Like, I'm so excited that I have it. Like, yes, finally it's here. A 3DS. I have a 3D slider now. I've never experienced 3DS 3D until now. Um, but yeah, I just don't really know what I want to play on it because I'm so sidetracked by. I guess, other games, which I know, yeah, I just keep on talking myself into, like, oh, don't feel bad about that, you'll come back to it whenever you want.
0: Well, from what I talked with Matt about last episode, and and what I'm sure the three of us will discuss uh, in this game of the year thing that we we might end up doing in in later December, early January, um, it's been kind of a down year for handheld games, uh, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Hopefully, we can get like a little list together uh, that when uh, when we're on that episode, you can find a few things, few gems that you might want to play. Um, <clears throat> I know Matt and I both really enjoyed Box Boy uh, from the from the Kirby developers. Hal, um, that's a, a little eShop game uh, that won't really take much advantage of your uh, of your new 3D capabilities, but it is uh, it's probably one of the better 3DS games that came out this year, uh, and and it's cheap and, and small and and fun. So. Uh, that would be one that I could throw out there as an easy one, and then uh, we'll get to the rest uh, in that Game of the Year episode. But, uh, honestly, uh, I can I can say kind of without a doubt that uh, no game on the 3DS or Vita or anything else uh, compares to uh, the awesomeness of Metal Gear Solid 5, uh which will get us back into our, our discussion of uh, its prequel, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker.
1: You know what I was going to do if we weren't seguing. Good enough already. Yeah. I was going to say, you know what game I wish was on my new 3DS?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, you'll have to get a Vita for that. Um, yeah. Oh, don't, don't don't poo-poo the Vita. The Vita's great. It was
1: great, but, you know, the $200 I got back from it was even better.
0: Yeah, okay, you're, you're right. Was, was great is a, is a good, is a good phrase for that. Oh, boy. All right, anyway, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, um, Release uh, you know by Konami, uh, developed by Kojima Productions, uh, and Hideo Kojima. Uh, released for the PSP uh, in 2010, April 21st, 2010 to be exact. Uh, we got the HD version, which is the version you played. Uh, you played the PS3 version. I have also uh, I also ended up getting it for my Xbox 360, uh, so I played it there as well. Um, that came out uh, the next year, November 8th, 2011. And then uh, the Vita, finally, so that was a weird thing, like, the Vita had PSP games that it could just download from the the PSN shop and play, um, but not the full catalog, and, and some of them, you know, some of them make sense, like the sports games that require extra licenses and things like that, but... Like, come on, like, Metal Gear? Like, even, it's one of the best games that the PSP had. Uh, yeah. It was Peace Walker and, I don't know, maybe Dissidia and, like, a couple other games. And, like, some of those weren't up there. And, like, come on, this, this is important. <laughs> this... Yeah, it was, I mean, uh,
1: Swan Song is an overused phrase, but uh, absolutely is what Peace Walker was
0: for the P- PSP. Right. I mean, uh, and it wasn't the first PSP Metal Gear Solid game either. Actually, there have been uh, four or five, depending on where you live. Yeah. um and and we'll get into that in a second but uh, it finally came to vita february 26 2013 um and and i think you could uh mess around beforehand like there was a way to like transfer the file to your ps3 and then transfer it back to your vita and it worked that way i don't know there was some kind of weird backdoor stuff um but honestly uh i think the vita's maybe the uh, no the hd version is probably still the best version well,
1: I guess here's my question for you. Whenever, whenever I got my Vita, I had the question: um, Okay, is this is this like the? I mean, I was looking at Peace Walker because I knew that was a good portable game to have. Mm-hmm. I, so, did the Vita get its own version, like its own HD edition with trophies and camera support
0: and stuff like that? No. Okay,
1: okay that's what I was wanting. Like, I, I played Metal Gear Solid Two on my Vita, and it was just the PS3 version, right? The mm-hmm. HD collection, right? But yeah, I couldn't find a Peace Walker, so you're still playing the PSP game on your Vita. Is I want to right?
0: say that is correct. Yes. Okay.
1: Right. Cuz that's what I wanted.
0: You wanted the like, PSP version? No, you wanted the No, I nicer. wanted I
1: wanted like a clean, shiny new Vita P- Peace Walker
0: yeah. version. Yeah. Uh so for for that, that's why I think that the best version is is the HD version that is on 360 and PS3. Um and I played, so I actually played the PSP version. Um, I remember when it came out in 2010. Uh, that was back when I was still doing this old podcast called World Eight uh, that, that Mr. Fleeman has been on before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our game of the year in 2010. And I think mean, 2010 was a stacked year. I went back and looked at it, and it's like, uh, come on, guys, the games like games like Mass Effect Two came out uh, then. Uh, and Red Dead Redemption, and Super Mario Galaxy 2, and, I don't know, Braid. Yeah, don't people, people like wow. Braid. I don't like Braid, but uh, Braid came out. like These are amazing games, and yet that's the game we gave our game of the year to. Um, and and actually, I still fully support that decision, because that's... It is, Peace Walker is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, not that Mass Effect 2 isn't. Mass Effect 2 is also a very amazing game. But uh, Peace Walker just did everything that I wanted, um so just in uh, we'll let me tell you why i'm really excited about it and then we'll get into the broad strokes of what it actually is and all that th- all that stuff um okay. but i i seem to gravitate towards games that have some kind of uh permanent leveling up progress stuff which is one of the reasons i really like uh pokemon games because uh, you're you're building a squad you're making something that matters you're giving them unique powers, you're customizing them a little bit, you, you feel a sense of ownership. Um, yeah,
1: clearly defined squad
0: goals. Yes. Uh, but I also, despite not really uh, participating in much multiplayer games, uh, much multi- multiplayer action stuff at all, um, since, I don't know, like since the old Modern Warfare 2 days or something like that, Like I, I don't really play that many uh, shooters that are I don't play many shooters online. I don't play much of anything online. But I do like the idea that at any point I can take my leveled-up character or my leveled-up team or something like that, something that I have built on my own and I could take that out into the world and that it can be useful. Um, and Peace Walker scratches those itches by having a system that allows you to um, level up characters uh i mean snake is in there but you also are able to get other characters that you can play as and they can get better stats than than even snake by just uh leveling them up and and um taking them on missions and doing things like that so you can get your best character that will have a sweet name like viper gorilla or agitated ox or something like that minus chicken grunt there you go yes chicken grunt is is fantastic um but you can get them, you have a variety of, of different weapons and items that you can develop through uh, this R&D system, and we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but that can give you a unique set of items that kind of gel to a, a particular play style that you develop over the course of playing the game. And then you are able to take that character into... Um, into uh, co-op missions. I, there's no straight up. There's no straight up deathmatch or anything like that. There's no competitive multiplayer, but you can uh, do a lot of different co-op things that allow you to uh, kind of show off your character or, or do things that uh, have your have your other guy go like, "Oh man, how'd you how you get that thing? Or where'd you where you go to do that?" Um, so in, in that way, it scratches those itches. Uh, as far as how much co op I've actually played, I think I've played like three missions with people, and that was back on the PSP days. Uh, but just the idea that I could, like, that's yeah, that's those, what really appeals. And I can me.
1: confirm from those HD editions, the online communities are pretty dead.
0: Yeah, there's, I would, I would very much assume that, uh, especially yeah. now that five is out and five is it, five is Peace Walker again, but better, um, in some ways. <laughs>
1: We'll get to that yeah later
0: <laughs> all right um, well let's let's first uh, help people by just talking a little bit about Konami's history with handheld games uh, Zach name name a Konami uh, handheld game or a Kojima productions handheld game rather:
1: Oh don't do this to me yeah. um, <laughs> let's see uh, uh, Metal Gear acid:
0: yes, you're right that came out in 2004 for PSP um, okay I got another one. All right, Metal Gear Acid Two. You are correct, sir. That came out in 2005 again for the PSP. Both of those games not on the PSN store for your Vita. That is bullshit because I want to play both of those games. Uh, I ended up buying the PSP versions. Uh, they're still in boxes, but at some point, maybe actually over this Thanksgiving break, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna break into those and, and play one of those. Uh, I hear the second one gets crazy um, in in like a cool Metal Gear way. I don't know. I want to play those games.
1: They're not canon, so I don't
0: care. Right, that's true. They are not canon. Um, Can you name another (laughs) Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops? Okay, yes. uh, They also made Portable Ops, which is uh, semi semi prequel. I mean, I guess it's a prequel to uh, to yeah. It's full canon for sure. Uh, It's not actually. Kojima has gone on record and said that you know what the things that happened in that game. Well, they're partially canon, but they're you know. Anything that is um, anything that is counteracted by something else, anything where there's a conflict, go with the other thing instead of Portable oh. Ops.
1: Um, that further justifies myself not playing it.
0: Yeah, although Portable Ops is kind of supposed to be like a, it, it lays a lot of the groundwork for Peace Walker uh, in terms of, of I think controls. I, I've actually never played it. Uh, but the way that uh, you can uh, get some of the the customizable characters and and building uh, your mother base a little bit, like it, it doesn't quite have the base building of Peace Walker and and then Metal Gear Solid Five, but um, it does have. I, I mean, you're you're getting a squad in that, and you're building up some of the squad. So
1: yeah, kind of I mean, story wise, the the bad guy in that game gives mm-hmm. boss the idea of like oh maybe i should have a private military. I mean that's really that's the most important story context you can get out of that one really.
0: Yeah, I, that that one's the start of of the the patriots more or less, uh, which is a which is an organization that factors heavily into into uh, the Metal Gear canon uh, yeah, later by in the way. series.
1: We need to have a hard limit on how much we can talk about the story of Metal Gear before this becomes a five-hour podcast. Yeah,
0: right. Um, so usually for these episodes, I take about a page of notes. Um, in okay. this one, I have three pages of notes. Oh, uh, God. Uh, A whole page that is dedicated to plot. Um, there is a there is actually a really good website. I will put this in the in the show notes as well. Um, it's called, I think it's called the Metal Gear Timeline or Metal Gear Solid Timeline. Um and, and it breaks things down point by point. Uh, it's It gives you kind of the broad strokes, but it does split it up by game. So it's like, hey, here are the events of this game, and here are the events of this game. And even though here's some stuff that is talked about in 5, and even though it takes place earlier in the timeline, we're going to denote where it takes place uh, in that. It's it's actually really helpful for, for making some of this stuff make sense. Um. So I'd, I'd tell people to, to try that, and I'll, I'll make sure to put a link uh, to that timeline in, in the show notes on the Tumblr page. Uh, we oh. will talk a little bit about, uh, about the plot, uh, really just the stuff that helps set up uh, Peace Walker, and, and then uh, maybe the way it leads into Five. But um, we're, we're probably not going to touch too much you know, past, past Peace Walker slash the very beginning of... of five and and i guess ground zeros to an extent as well um but yeah anything anything that goes into metal gear solid or metal gear solid 2 or 4 territory or even revengeance uh we're we're probably not going to touch that stuff because at that point it's it's almost a completely different series and it's definitely a completely different character uh in terms of solid snake versus big boss so um if you really care about that stuff, I urge you to read the Metal Gear Solid timeline. But we will talk a little bit of stuff about the Peace Walker plot. Um, so, do you want to just get into that part? Or do you want to. Yeah, be- I suppose. All right, cool. Um, so, the beginning of. of... <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> yeah, where do you even begin?
0: We'll, we'll start at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3, which is canonically, I guess, the first game in in this franchise um, uh, timeline wise. So at the end of three snake uh, naked snake, Jack, John, whoever the fuck uh, he ends up killing the boss uh, who is a a legendary warrior that uh, has to defect from, or, or does defect from America to Russia. She was apparently on an undercover mission thing and got found out and, there was a nuclear explosion and and that caused uh, America to have to denounce her and and then Snake goes in and has to actually kill his mentor the boss um to make America not look like shit and like that they've put in this this undercover spy. Um that's basically Metal Gear Solid 3. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Super broad strokes, but that's basically it. Uh, and Snake does the job. He he kills the boss um and, and then feels super bad about it uh, because he understands that she got screwed by her government um, and it really wasn't her fault. In fact, she was the absolute best uh, soldier ever and and she did everything to the best of her ability. So Snake feels pretty disenfranchised and um, kind of after the events of three decides to uh, say, screw the government, I'm going to become a mercenary because I believe in, in the, the ideals of the boss and in the way that like soldiers... Uh,
1: the, oh boy! <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Keep it up. S-
0: yeah. So the, the boss has this idea of this unified world where where uh, you know the, the world is one um, and and Snake, who has now taken the the title of big boss after after defeating the boss, um, he and his commanding officer. From the from snake eater, uh, his name is Major Zero. Uh, they decide to uh, defect together. So they they have different ways of wanting to accomplish the boss's goal of this unified world, uh, and that leads to some tension tension between the two. Um. So they start at the beginning. It's all fine and dandy. They they create a new uh new unit. Uh, I think this is when we're getting into the portable ops territory uh yep. they make they make this group called Foxhound uh previously they were in this group Fox uh so foxhound is is really there to uh stop Fox foxhound is there to stop Fox because Fox is now I don't know bad like they they went they went against the the CIA and they're causing some havoc so uh again my portable ops history is is very shaky because I have not played that game and and really know the super broad strokes only from from reading some of the timeline stuff uh well
1: and the thing is that's that's incredibly important because having not played portable ops and kind of knowing going into i don't know a lot of the series i mean because the series is old I've, i've had a lot of it spoiled for me going into peace walker i knew that you know big boss was eventually going to like kind of defect but you peacewalker opens up, and it's already a thing. Like you already have your private military, and you're already not affiliated with the United States. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. There is no like clear cut uh, explanation. Like, say you went and played Snake Eater, and then you started peacewalker. There's no explanation about what happened. So that's where portable ops is a little bit more important than. Like, but yeah, I think you have mentioned everything that is important about portable ops already.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, really the the only other things is that that's where Snake meets, uh, or where Big Boss meets Colonel Campbell, uh, who you'll find to be a larger part of the story in in Metal Gear Solid's two and three, and and one is he in one? I don't know. Uh, doesn't yeah. yeah, he is in one. Um, anyway. Uh, basically like everyone leaves their units and then starts new units. And then they leave those units to make new units. So, uh, we get to this point where zero and, and, uh, and big boss don't quite agree. They split off. Um, and, and big boss creates this, uh, this new unit called MSF, uh, Militaris Sans sans frontieres. Uh, yeah, you know, so French, um, I also don't know why it's French. None, none of the people in there are from France. Uh, none of the leaders are, and they're not really even situated in France. Uh, so I don't understand why it's in French. Uh, Zero yeah. goes on to make uh, another thing called Cipher, which I think is built out of the Patriots. Uh, I don't. I can't no, remember no the. Idea. I can't remember the exact timeline. Which one came first, Cipher of the Patriots? Um, but. Honestly, they're kind of kind of the same thing. Um, basically, Zero wants to you know, control the world through his own military power, and that's how he unifies the world, like the boss wanted. Um, and Big Boss, Big Boss wants like there to be a nation of soldiers, and then maybe because there's a nation of soldiers that war isn't necessary anymore. I, I'm not 100% sure, but, like, that's his vision of the unified world, which I don't know if that sounds good either, but we're told he's the hero, so that's what we do.
1: Yeah, they're both sinister plans, but uh, Big Bosses sounds a little bit nicer than information control.
0: Yeah. Um, so basically, that, that's that's where we get set up for, for Peace Walker. And, uh, and as it starts, I'm, I can't remember where it starts. They're on a beach. I remember a guy saying, great job, boss, a lot and, and having you throw him on a beach in the rain. I'm ready, boss. Yeah, there you go. Um, great job, boss. Uh, anyway, uh, you're, you're met by these two uh, Costa Ricans or, or one of them is Costa Rican and one of them is decidedly not Costa Rican, but he, uh, he lives in Costa Rica. Uh, professor galvez and uh and his uh, student Paz. uh so galvez is some peace teacher <laughs> that's what it sounds like and then uh paz whose name literally means peace <laughs> um he's <laughs> he, she's his student and uh and and they know about some bad shit that's going on in costa rica there's some unknown military force that's uh, fighting costa rica and hey costa rica does like a, one of those nations that doesn't have a standing army so they're kind of fucked uh if only there was some kind of uh you know military that didn't have any borders um man that would be really great oh wait big boss has one uh so they come to, to big boss and uh and master miller master kazuhira miller uh and uh, say like hey there's some bad shit going on in costa rica can you can you help us uh, we'll give you this base uh, right out, uh, right off of uh, Costa Rica, right off of Cuba. Yeah. I think Costa Rica. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's in the Caribbean. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. give you this this off offshore oil facility thing uh, called Mother Base, and and you can have that as your your headquarters, so you don't just have to be jumping around from from place to place and and be this I don't know gypsy caravan of of. Uh, mercenaries. So uh, that's that's basically how this starts. Uh, they learn Snake goes in for a solo sneaking mission, if you can believe it, uh, and he discovers that this unknown army has nukes uh, and then he finds that Costa Rica has got some other bad shit going on and there's a group of rebels uh, and that's how he meets uh, these these the head of the rebels, her name's Amanda and she's got a little brother Chico and They're part of this resistance army, and so he gets involved with them, and he keeps saying he's a photographer, even though he's very much not. Uh, It's, God, it's such a, it's not even a complex story, it's just a long story.
1: It may be just a bad story. I mean, to be completely honest, like, the first half of, well, I don't know, chapters one through two of that game, because I didn't really get into chapter five that much. um, Chapters one and two have a pretty weak story with, like, the Sandinistas and, like, where nukes are being you know, moved around and everything like that, trying to figure out what's going on. Then chapter two really picks up with, you know, a lot of the themes covered in that. That's when I started to care about it, because yeah, the first act, just not the strongest in terms of story.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of table-setting stuff. Like, once once Snake finally tracks these nukes and and it's in some kind of mountain uh, that Chico knows about where nobody goes there and nobody comes out of it if, they, if anybody's gone ever before, but Snake goes and uh, learns that this is where they're building, uh, basically a Metal Gear. And at this point, I think there are such things as Metal Gears, because uh, I think there's one in Portable Ops, um, but this one's not called a Metal Gear, even though it very much is. Uh, and that's the, that's this Peace Walker, um, which uh, has the capability to launch a nuke, like all like all Metal Gears do, uh, but this one is programmed with an AI um that is based off of uh the the knowledge of the boss. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how you do that. Um they they <laughs> got a got a doctor named Dr. Strangelove who's British who seems to really like the boss and uh she like got all of the the her confidential files and and every single scrap of paper she could find on the boss to construct this AI and really the only thing she doesn't know is whether the boss really defected uh, and really betrayed the United States, or whether she was a spy who was just doing the job for the country. Uh, and since Snake is really the only one who knows the truth, uh, Strangelove is really pissed when you don't give her an answer. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. She fights you a little bit before mm-hmm. you end up stopping her and recruiting her. And I, I guess she never learns the truth. I don't know. <laughs> well, she probably. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, basically, though, uh, there's a Metal Gear walking around, and it was built by. Um, if you've played Metal Gear Solid two uh, or, or or one, <laughs> one and two and four, and any of those that have Hal Emmerich, uh, his his father, Huey Emmerich, uh, who is confined to a wheelchair, uh, he uh, is the one who built uh, Peace Walker, uh, and the whole idea is that. This, this Peace Walker is, is this perfect deterrent for, for nuclear attacks. The idea that uh, this is really the game's theme. The idea that a, that a human, uh, if, if you knew that uh, an atomic bomb was coming to wipe out your entire country, would you retaliate? And uh, the idea is that if you retaliate, you have destroyed the entire world. Uh, whereas if you don't retaliate, you know, you're fucked, but at least, uh, the human race continues to live on. Um, so the idea is that, uh, you would never, you would never retaliate because who would want to bring about the complete end of all humankind? Uh, but Peacewalker uh, doesn't allow that. Peacewalker now says, Hey, if you, P- Peace Walker is like, I'm, I'm an AI. I know exactly what I'm going to do. If I see some nukes, I'm going to shoot my own nukes. Um, so now the the tables get turned on the on whoever is going to shoot off the nukes that you know if you nuke a place you know there is no fear that you're going to be retaliated against you you just know it's if you're if you shoot the bombs you're effectively turning them on yourself um so then that's supposed to deter everyone from using their nuclear weapons because this uh, guaranteed destruction is is sure to happen so that's the perfect nuclear deterrent, right? It's all fine and dandy, except, you know, somebody takes control of it. Uh, <laughs> you learn uh, that uh, Galvez is not who he said he was. Weirdly enough, he's not a professor of peace. He's a Russian spy named Adornov and uh, he shoots the CIA director with a dumb name called Hot Coldman. And uh, then he steals Peace Walker, and, and the idea is that he's... Acting like Peace Walker, he hacks Peace Walker to make it think that it's going to shoot a nuke at Cuba, uh, because that's a Russian ally, and it's going to spark a a big war between America and Russia again, which is good for some reason. Uh, um, So, ah, man, I don't know. It's so it's it's an attack on cuba which is a russian uh ally but it's also an attack that's going to cause a lot of stuff to go on in in america but then i think there's also some potential nukes that are going off in america too i don't know peace walker fakes a bunch of data to make it seem like a big nuclear strikes going on and then america is is kind of worried about oh well oh god we're in this situation where we need to potentially retaliate and are you going to turn the key and push the button and completely destroy everyone? And uh, it seems like they're going to go through with it. And then Big Boss calls and says, hey, remember me, I'm Big Boss. Um, don't do that. <laughs> I'll take yeah, care I of it." Yeah, I really you. like that. Yeah. That uh, so uh, he's got to reveal like the ending of Snake Eater when you get this commendation uh, and you don't shake somebody's hand. And that becomes the whole impetus of you being who you say you are when you call into the American government and say, stop those nukes. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, they don't shoot off the nukes. Uh, Snake kind of stops Peace Walker, or at least, kind I don't know, kind of does. But then the AI of the boss decides, oh, you know what? It would probably suck if the whole world was destroyed by nuclear weapons and, uh, and decides to drown itself in a, in a lake uh and and by doing that it uh, stops the the fake launch sequence and everything becomes uh butterflies and uh and peace symbols on the military screen cuz that's what you do uh so yeah uh whether the ai is really the boss or not <laughs> i don't know <laughs> But it stopped, and everything's great. And now Big Boss has this giant army uh, MSF that they run out of the Caribbean, which is great. And then they decide to take the nuke from, from Peace Walker and build their own Metal Gear. Because uh, now you've gotten Huey on your side, and Huey's like, Hey, I build these things, and even though I'm really distressed by it, I got a great idea. Let's build another one.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so thematically weird how, uh, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I mean, this whole franchise is very cyclical uh, in that it's bad to build these things, but then you build them anyway, some for bad intentions, some for good intentions that then become bad. I. You build a Metal Gear uh, named Zeke. You take the nuclear warhead off of Peace Walker. Uh, for, you go down into the lake and, and retrieve it. And now you have your own Metal Gear that's now going to be your own deterrence because MSF, to be its own nation, needs its own nuclear warhead because that's what nations who matter do and have. (laughs) Uh, um, And uh, and then it gets stolen by PAS. You remember that sweet little peace girl? Well, she's not a sweet little peace girl. She's actually an agent uh, of Cypher. Uh, and if you remember this conversation at the beginning, Cipher is a is an organization from Major Zero. Um, so this is P- Paz gives like one last chance for for Big Boss to to come and rejoin Cipher and to rejoin Major Zero, and you know things will be just fine. And and Big Boss says, Nah, fuck that, that's dumb. Uh, and then stops Metal Gear Zeke and Paz, and it seems like Paz. dies drowns or whatever it is uh like once zika stopped and explodes or i can't remember if it explodes or falls into the ocean but but paz is assumed dead um and that's the end of the game (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it plays better than it sounds you
1: you did it you you explained the story
0: kind of I didn't say anything about the other AI creatures that you fight that are basically the bosses in this game, but oh. other than that, that's that's Peacewalker. So,
1: well, I, thanks Zach for I coming did. on.
0: It's been it's been really great yeah. catching up.
1: <laughs> um, no, but the uh, the last part of that after you after Peacewalker sinks into the ocean, that's the ending that I achieved. Right. But uh because I had Ground Zeros, which is the next game, I guess, chrono- uh, chronologically I
0: guess
1: at least eight also. I had Ground Zeros and the Phantom Pain in front of me, so I was like, okay, I I know there is like over half of the game left to play, um, to get that secret or the, the real ending, quote yeah. unquote. But I just watched it on YouTube and went straight to, you know, Metal Gear Solid Five stuff.
0: That's totally fair. And and honestly most of the missions that happen afterward are are not super story based and it's really just that last thing uh where i mean you capture the you don't kill him but you capture him and then he seven times yeah he escapes quite a bit <laughs> um and then i guess you finally do kill him but once you finally do kill him uh that's when Poss makes her move and and steals metal gear anyway uh so yeah like that leads into ground zeros and and we'll just quickly touch on this um the idea is that uh, the the people who care about nuclear warheads, I forgot the, the Nuclear Commission's exact name, but uh, they request to come and check out the MSF base and to see if they really do have nuclear weapons and to see if they're like really above board or not. So... Um, uh, MSF hides their their nuclear weapon. I guess they I guess Zeke isn't destroyed then. Uh, if that's if that's what happens, I forgot about that. Uh, so they hide Zeke, and at the same time, you hear that Paz is actually alive, and and Chico went to go save her like an idiot, and now he got captured too. And and so somebody needs to go save these people because they have valuable secrets about Mother Base. So Snake says, "Well, I'll do that. You guys uh, you guys take care of this this uh, nuclear inspection." And uh, and everything will be fine. Even though Miller's like, hey, you know this is probably a trap. And he goes, yeah, I totally know this is a trap, but let's do it anyway. Uh, so you rescue Chico and Paz. Uh, you bring them back to Mother Base. And you find that the nuclear inspection was a farce. Go figure. And that actually uh, Cypher has made this all-out attack on, on Mother Base and, and destroyed it pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so only the boss... Uh, uh and and uh miller and the, you know the people on the helicopter and paz and chico 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 yeah. is on that plane that and is on that helicopter that's right um so they all survive um and and get out of there and then uh then chico or no then paz is like hey you know while i was at that facility and they were torturing me they also stuffed a bomb in me uh, and and they take out the bomb and everything's fine. And she goes, actually, there's a second bomb, and it turns out it's in her vagina. But they don't really say that, but they definitely imply that, and that's kind of gross. Um, oh,
1: I thought it was in her brain for some reason.
0: No, I'm like, super naive. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 totally ape in there. Um, uh-huh. So she uh, she jumps out of the helicopter and explodes to uh, to save everyone else and. That's the start. That's the end of Ground Zeroes and the start of Phantom Pain. I, I don't want to get too much into Phantom Pain because then I have to start talking about things that you don't necessarily want to hear right now. So um, let's not do that. That's That sets up people to play 5 because uh, mm-hmm. the way – spoilers for the end of this podcast. Um, I'm going to tell you not to go out and play Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker uh, and to instead just buy a copy of Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, hmm. and and I'm Zach might have a different opinion on this but my opinion is that Metal Gear Solid 5 is is just Peace Walker again uh but better in in many aspects uh and not as good in some aspects but uh the the pros outweigh the cons in this one and and really honestly I think Kojima just thought that Peace Walker is a really badass game and that it sucked that nobody really bought it cuz it was on the PSP uh, so oh, excited decided, yeah. like you, you know, fuck you guys. I'm gonna make it on a console. I'm gonna make it really awesome, and you guys are gonna go, holy shit! We should have played Peace Walker back then because that game, if that game is this game, then that game was pretty awesome, and it was, it was yeah. fantastic.
1: It, it's it's so it's so funny to me that um, like the the most important like pivot point of the entire series happens to be on Peace Walker, which is a PSP game, yeah, that not a lot of people played. Like, I'm, I when I was playing through Peace Walker, well, no, no, actually, kind of my Metal Gear history is, I played through one and two, um, I guess, like, post-college, like, kind of just like adult life, I enjoy them on a weekend, I'm like, cool, good game, and then I put it away, and then two years later, I play the next one, and I've been following that trend, so I played one, two, and then most recently, I played through three, kind of knowing what the Phantom Pain was, Okay, and so I played through three, and it you know plays like a Metal Gear Solid game uh, as far as I knew it, where it's like kind of it feels the controls are needlessly complicated, awful. Um,
0: yeah, it's yeah, it's one of I the mean, worst gaming experiences ever. I have tried. I, I have not played Metal Gear Solid one. I have tried because I was a Nintendo sixty four kid, not a PlayStation kid. Uh, I have tried. A number of times to play Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, I, I had Substance for the original Xbox, um, and and if that game was not great on PS2, it was also very much not great on on Xbox. Um, yeah, and I tried playing Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, when during the HD collection, uh, and and that is that is just as rough, and apparently it was even rougher when it was just Snake Eater, but then subsistence made the camera a little bit better from what i heard yeah like well
1: it, it put the camera on the on the thumbstick. there used to not be a third it, like it did not control like a third person game man that's all. shitty <laughs> yeah no so like when i was playing through three most recently like one and two i i kind of muscled my way through i'm like ah, oh, this is i mean these feel like old games but like third person really wasn't a thing i guess even up until the point where snake heater was made you know um, so I'm like, they're, they're kind of honing their craft, whatever. And then I played three knowing what the Phantom Pain was going to be and knowing what Peace Walker is. And I was like, man, okay. I, I like the jungle theme. I like how it's more like, it's more gritty and grueling and you kind of have to deal with the elements a little bit more. But yeah, at the same time, I was like, man, this play is like kind of garbage and I want to get through it. And so immediately after that, I played Peace Walker. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want out of metal gear. It's modular, like all the everything you can do is like pop in, pop out. It still feels sneaky as hell. And I loved it so much. But it's just crazy to me that the biggest, yeah, change in that formula happened on the PSP and nobody played it. And you could tell as Kojima was making that game, like I remember back in twenty ten and, and especially when he was re re releasing the game in H D, like, he was so excited to have Peace Walker in a high definition like format yep. on a console. Like, he was tweeting all the time, like, hey, look at us play four-player Peace Walker. This is awesome.
0: And people still didn't play it. Like, even no, though it was on console, all. they were like, cool, Metal Gear Solid HD, can't wait to play through 2 and 3 again. Like, guys, the best game on there is Peace Walker. Like, just, God damn it. Um, so the, the interesting thing about Peace Walker is that uh, Kojima wasn't even really supposed to be on that game. Uh, he he wasn't on Portable Ops. That was It was still Kojima Productions, but it was not him specifically. Somebody else was directing it. He was just helping out with story and, and doing some producer duties. Um, and when Peace Walker was being made, he was actually working on Metal Gear Solid 4 uh, for most of the time. And Peace Walker was becoming this more ambitious thing. Um, it wasn't just another Portable Ops, uh, but it was... I mean, huge. They were bringing in this this idea of the mother base and and the outer ops that you can send uh, the the people that you collect uh, in missions. Uh, you can send them out on other things. Like it was it was getting to be this this big undertaking just to to make all this stuff. Uh, so then Kojima decided, know, oh, fuck it, I'll just pull bolt and double duty and was was working on four and Peace Walker at the same time, directing them both. Um, mm. So, yeah, I I think he saw some of the stuff going on with Peace Walker and and saw that that is actually what he really wanted to be working on and what he really liked, Uh, whereas 4 was this... I I don't have any problems with 4. I've actually never played 4, but I've I've seen all the cutscenes. I've watched people play through 4. I I have a pretty good idea from everything except for controls. I know it's a better controlling game than 3, but I, I still don't think it's quite as almost Call of Duty-esque as, like, a, like Five becomes, and, and even Peace Walker to an extent. Um, no,
1: yeah, from, every, everybody tells me you can just, like, uh, there's a YouTuber, like, Matthew Matosis, he has, like, an hour and 20-minute video summarizing everything in uh, Four and all the criticisms, and, like, yeah, that's not a game for me, so I'm just going to put that one aside.
0: And and I think from a story perspective, Four, four is super important because it wraps more or less everything up, Um and it's also batshit crazy um, where there's ridiculous stuff going on in that game constantly, like a submarine that has the Mount Rushmore of snakes on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but uh, I, I think that game is very important. Uh, I don't necessarily want to play it though. Uh, yeah. In any case, uh, yeah, Peace Walker, I, I think, is really where Kojima's like, man, this is this is going to be the future of Metal Gear. This is the game that I'm actually really excited to play, uh, excited to make. Um, and and P- man, Peace Walker is such a great game. The the only real knock that I can I can give to it is that unlike previous Metal Gear Solid games, um, Peace Walker is so open. Uh, it has it has very bite sized levels because it all, is on a on a handheld system. And I think that's one of the reasons why now that you have five, he can really f- fully realize the game that he wanted to make in this giant open world, um, or a couple open worlds as the case may be. Uh, but but Peace Walker, it has open world game elements where you can kind of take on challenges as you want. And when you're in these large environments, you have uh, this big variety of tools. It's it's not like the other games where it's that on site procurement and you, you're finding things when they want you to find them and you're only using the stuff that they kind of want you to use. Now, Metal Gear games have always been been famous for allowing you to use your equipment in some really inventive ways. Uh, but I would also suggest, especially for their boss fights, that they have there are a, a few different viable options uh, to, to face any sort of boss. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of specific ideas, but like the, the way you can use maybe a chaff grenade to confuse somebody in, instead of doing something else or, or using, um, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, probably because I have not actually physically played those games and just watched other people play them. But, um, but the idea is that you get equipment that can work in some interesting ways, but there's still they're still kind of uh, crafted for you to use any of those ways. Whereas... Yeah, and that's
1: something I saw a lot of, especially... I mean, sorry to cut you off, but... No, in uh In Snake Eater, that's... What I started to see some of that stuff. Like, I had a million different tools at my disposal to get the same thing done. I'm like, okay, this is kind of that emergent field or, like, gameplay-type thing that I know the Phantom Pain does really well. Like, that's why I think... I think 3 had... Like the the nudity magazines that you could place on the floor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and like all sorts of kooky stuff to get the job done. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool if only this played like a, a real game.
0: Yeah, I, I think two had magazines as well. I actually, I think the first uh, game might have had magazines too. I okay, but but the point is, like, there even though it started to feel emergent, or my point is rather, even though it started to feel emergent. It was still crafted. It was just crafted so you could do it in a, in a bunch of different ways. And I guess Peace Walker and, and Metal Gear Solid Five are too. But I feel like with those games taking a more open nature and you being able to bring in your own equipment for each mission, uh, it really allows you to play truly, truly freely and, and just kind of see what works in, in more of an open world game aspect than than the crafted few ways that you can go about a mission in, in something like two or three yep. uh, or, or even four to an extent Four four is a little bit more open, but, um, but yeah. So the way I play a metal gear solid game um, might be different than the way you play uh, a game like peace Walker. Um, I played, Almost exclusively with the the hush puppy, which is the silenced pistol that you get uh, at the beginning and can upgrade throughout the game, and uh, the the Mosin Nagant, the uh, the silenced uh, or not silenced, but the uh, uh, the sniper rifle that also puts guys to sleep with trank darts. Um, I think you can get a si- You absolutely can get a silenced version. Can you? Hey, I, I think
1: so. The thing is, I try to like. Yeah, those are those are fun guns to mess around with, but I I realize that I start to rely on them a little bit too much, and so I think my style right now is like I'm just going to try and play super sneaky and not put anybody
0: to sleep if I can avoid it. See, that's that's fascinating to me because I've always viewed my way as the as the absolute best way because uh, the way the way Peace Walker works is that uh, if you kill an enemy, you just don't you just killed an enemy, no big deal. Uh, but if you can put them to sleep or incapacitate them with a, with a CQC, the, the close quarters combat. Uh, then you can use your Fulton device, uh, which puts a, a oh. balloon on them and, uh, yeah. well, that's them the thing. More. I,
1: when I say sneak around them, like, yeah, get behind them and then CQC them or like knock them out and do that type of stuff.
0: Sure. But, yeah. but see, so, so you don't, so what is your, what is your, a loadout? Like what else are you taking with you?
1: Well, I'll have the, like, no, the thing is, I think we play those games very similar. It's just I try to rely, like, I notice when, like, oh, I'm just shooting people in the heads. I need to make this a little bit more, I, I metagame it too much. I'm okay. like, oh, am I just doing the same thing over and over again? So,
0: ah, I got you. All right, so you still have yeah, that kind of, kind of, of like equipment. A, you just don't necessarily use it unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, or, I or still have a,
1: a blast whenever I play it, uh, like you're playing it. But, I, yeah, just to, I guess, make it hard on myself, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, okay, that makes some sense. the The weird thing for me is though that the game encourages you to to knock people out, and and it always has. Uh, like that series has always wanted you to to knock, knock people out, or or even just not touch them at all and just play completely silently. It, it's given you rewards at the end of the game. Uh, there have been ranks uh, for the the time that it takes you to finish a game, and the peop- the amount of people that you kill, and the amount of times that you get spotted, and that kind of stuff. Uh, almost like a metroid game uh to go back to the last episode uh where at the end you get these different ranks of you know how well you played the game uh but in in this one there's actually a real tangible benefit as you're playing the game because knocking people out or tranquilizing them uh allows you to uh put the the Fulton device on them which is a little balloon that that takes them up into the air which they can then get picked up by a helicopter that that goes across um, you, you're just stealing stealing the enemies and turning them into your own soldiers for your own mercenary division, and then they can go in and be added to your mother base to raise all these different levels. So you've got um, you've got a mess hall team that that fixes food and allows you to have more guys on the on the place and and have them be fed. You have a medical unit unit that if anybody gets hurt, that they can fix those guys up you have a an r&d department that researches new weapon types and things like that that you can you can get you have a combat unit that can be sent out uh, on outer ops missions that are kind of like the assassin's creed brotherhood uh, missions brotherhood actually came out uh, the same year i'm trying i think it came out a little bit later actually than peace walker Uh, but the idea that you can send your assassins recruited assassins out and they can go on these missions and bring back materials. The same is, is basically true of peace Walker. Um, there was also, this was also the, the game that got, um, that those two franchises kind of melded over a little bit. Cause I know you could get the Raiden skin in, a uh, in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, I, and I think there was something on the back end too. Maybe you could, maybe there's like an Altair skin or something for, for peace Walker. I can't remember. Uh, that might not be right, but uh, there was some kind of crossover where maybe you could get, like, an Assassin's Creed T-shirt or stuff, too. Because I know Japan Japan really went all out with their version of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker because there was, like, a, a Mountain Dew promotion that they did and a Doritos promotion oh, yeah. and an Axe Body Spray promotion that they all did. Uh, I don't think America really got any of that. Uh, we had uh, so the, the the items that you can get, some of the items that your R&D team and medical team, because they also have a... a a, a factor on some of these things. Uh, there was the, the tortilla chips that you can get in the game. Those were actually branded as Doritos in Japan, not so in America. Um, the, the lime soda you can get in the game, that comes from, from Japan and, and Mountain Dew. There's also a zero-calorie soda that was like a Pepsi Max or Pepsi Next or some kind of Pepsi product in Japan. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that stuff. Um, I think there actually is a deodorant in the game, and and that was Axe body spray over in Japan. Uh, oh. We didn't we didn't quite get all of that stuff, uh, but it's all kind of ridiculous stuff anyway that you don't really need to, to enjoy the game. Uh, and, and the the items themselves came over, just not the the branding that came on them. Uh, but yeah, this is, so when you build up your mother base and your R&D team and, and medical team and some of your other teams uh, respectively, this is how you are able to unlock the ability to, to build new gear. Uh, that being guns uh, and, and different uh, analyzer things, night vision scopes, uh, binoculars, uh, health items, cardboard boxes. There are so many cardboard boxes in this game. Yeah, I didn't really
1: mess with cardboard boxes at all in this game. Yeah, I
0: I very much do not use cardboard boxes in Metal Gear games. I, I'm sure I could, and they would make me slightly stealthier. But I I don't know. I I, I do find them ridiculous, and even though they're kind of funny, I, I'd prefer to play the game a little bit more realistically, where I'm I'm really trying to hide, and and I'd prefer to use actual cover instead of making instead of jumping inside a, ca- a cardboard box. But for those who do want to use the cardboard boxes, there are a variety in here. There's one that heals you when you are in it. There's one that um, that two people... Uh, all of the boxes, I think, allow for two people to get in because this is such a co-op-focused game um, in parts. I think you can play any almost any mission with two people, and uh, there are specific missions where you can take four people in and, uh, and play them that way. So there are cardboard boxes that one person drives around and the other person can man a tank turret that is on top of the box. Um, there, there's just some real ridiculousness in, in in the way that the boxes work, especially in co-op. But, um, yeah, you, you get all of these different weapons and items, and the thing that's weird to me, going back to our, our play styles, is that because the game encourages you so much to uh, fulton guys and bring them back to your base, you never really want to shoot anybody with... Uh, any sort of lethal weapon and there are tons of lethal weapons in here there are are, uh, assault rifles and shotguns and and pistols that come silenced or not silenced and revolvers and, and rocket launchers and things like that things that i found almost no use for because i don't want to shoot to kill uh, you can right. you can shoot an enemy um, and and get them in an injured state. They get a little pixelated red skull over the top of them, and you can still uh, take them back to your base. You can still fault them in that state, uh, and and then but then they have to stay in your your sick bay, your your medical facility for a while before they get healed up and can join your unit. So there's still there's still no real benefit to using lethal weapons other than just killing enemies, which you never really want to do. Um,
1: yeah. I mean I yeah, it's it, it would be one thing if the lethal weapons were only used for the really, really bad boss fights. Um but no, like some of the weapons are only meant for boss fights. Some weapons are meant to kill humans, which you yeah, you just never want to do.
0: Yeah. So like your 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 non-silenced pistol not gonna do that much damage against any sort of the boss fights. The 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 boss fights in this that that's where there's a definite con in this in this game that has tons of pros over all the other uh, all the other metal gear games uh, in the franchise uh the the bosses in this game are pretty weak in, in that they are yeah. all these ai driven control Bullet pods uh, yeah like they're all these different pods that go through the uh, the course of a butterfly so you you face off against the pupa um uh, at the beginning that's kind of this a hovercrafty rolling tank thing. Uh, then there's the chrysalis, which is the the flying one, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's the flying one. Uh, and then there's what is that third one called? Is that the? It's not the cocoon, but oh, uh, it starts with the C. You're right. Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Um, yeah. No matter. Uh, it's a it's a giant rolling tank it looks it looks actually very much like the uh like the jawa tank from uh from star wars that, that giant thing um but you actually have to to get on it and, and go up it whereas the others are, are are relatively small but this one is just a, a giant massive thing that you actually have to to get on ladders and climb up it and get to this specific part where you can shoot its ipod and, and stop it uh, and then there's peacewalker, which is supposed to be the idea of the the full- on butterfly, uh, which I don't know, then translates to peace somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, all of those bosses are are basically just big machines that you fight, uh, and there's you you take in the they don't even allow you to use your your trank weapons. I don't think. I don't think your trank weapons do anything to them. Uh, so you have to take in your your actual real weapons, so. And in that case, the only ones you really want to use are your uh, your giant machine guns and your rocket launchers. Uh, yeah, I, you I'm... load
1: out into uh, your least favorite version of Snake.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they they do have different uh, uniforms that you can put on, uh, and I, I really only bring this up because, again, this shows the difference between being in a regular mission and being in one of the boss fight missions, um, whereas there's... There are all different sorts of camo fatigues that you can put on that that are better in in certain environments, and and each area that you go to has a has an environment modifier on it, whether it's a, a swamp or a, a ruins or a city or that kind of stuff. Um, whereas whereas something like Metal Gear Solid Four uh, has the the active octo camo thing where you can change your camo mid mid uh, encounter yeah in this one oh. you just have to bring in your your uh, camouflage at the very beginning so you're kind of oh, that's right. you kind of have an idea of of the places that you're gonna go around because you actually you backtrack a lot in this game uh, many missions go through the same environments um but they're they're all very switched up when you're when you play them in these different missions uh but you have an idea like, oh, I'm going I'm going to through this area that I know is a swampy, jungly area before I get to this ruins place. So, you know what, I probably want to use the the swamp stuff because once I'm in the facility and the ruins stuff, it's not really going to matter about my camouflage or something like that. Uh, but then you get the objectively best one, which is a sneaking suit, which kind of just works yep. everywhere. And then you never use anything okay. else because the sneaking suit is badass. Um, until, until you're fighting a boss fight and then you switch to your battle dress which uh, you've got to actually jump through some hoops to, to get um, and the battle dress allows you to bring in a, a third uh, primary weapon so you can bring in uh, all your big badass guns and it also defends you more and it offers little to no camouflage but at the same time in these boss fights you're not ever really needing to be camouflaged so you kind of just have these two loadouts of which snake do you want to take into battle the the one with the sneaking suit and the hush puppy or the one with the the uh battle dress and the carl gustav or the rpg 7 or the pkm uh and and what shit are you gonna fuck up so yeah
1: yeah i mean that's that's the unfortunate part but i mean they 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 really did try to bring in the camo aspect from Snake Heater, and it just didn't pan out. But, you know, they it's there a little bit at least, but it never comes into play as much
0: as it did in Snake Heater. Right. Uh, it's Which again, I can deal with. Again, another thing, it's a—it's better in 5, uh, where uh, the, the camouflage means a little bit more. Uh, I still ended up using a sneaking suit as soon as I got it for most of the rest of that game. Um, but there are benefits to using the other camouflages, uh and uh the the boss fights are are better. I'm gonna say better. I'm not gonna say the best. Uh there are some really cool bosses in, in Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, and 4 to an extent. Uh but five five is, has some good stuff. There's some good stuff in there. Um Yeah, so uh-huh. Peace Walker
1: <laughs> it's a very good game, and you know what I kind of miss about it, playing through 5, is the, uh, I don't know, I, I think I have a soft spot for like menu-based base management, instead of, I, and I, I know 5 is the exact same way, but for some reason in Peace Walker it was a little bit more streamlined, um, you kind of knew exactly what you were doing, but yeah, Peace Walker, it was perfect in that it did what it did perfectly, and it may, it didn't lose scope. Like it, it didn't lose grasp of what it was trying to do. Which, uh, even though I'm very early in five, it seems like five is trying to do everything, and it's doing everything great. Like I'm not saying it's like you know doing trying to do everything and doing nothing great. It's doing everything great. But Peace Walker does what it does perfectly, in my opinion. Just because it's a little bit more narrowed down.
0: Yeah, that's it's possible. Again, again, this might change based on where you are in Metal Gear Solid Five, but. Uh, I felt like they almost took a lot of the control out of your hands. Uh, you you can go in there and change. Uh, once you're starting to recruit guys and they come to your base, things just kind of get automatically assigned. Uh, okay. And they usually do a great job of assigning. I mean, they, they always do a great job of assigning them to the place that they are best suited to. Uh, in Peace Walker, I felt like I had a little bit more... Or I wanted to have a little bit more control, and I, I went in and, and used my control to to change things to the way I wanted them to be. Um, and I thought it was easier in that. Whereas 5, you can. You can totally go in there and say, hey, I know this guy is better at, at Intel or whatever, but I want him to be on, on R&D because I want to get to this uh, new piece of gear now instead of waiting. Um, but... I don't know, I when I played through 5, it was kind of just, hey, I'm going to Fulton pretty much everyone, and you guys figure it out and put them wherever you want to, and if I need more guys, I'll just go out and get more guys. Um, And maybe that's more of the open nature of Metal Gear Solid Five, knowing that I can just keep going around and finding more dudes, whereas in Peace Walker, I would have to actually load up a new mission that would usually be specifically to find a, a a good unit that i can then take to the base so maybe that's it whereas it was just okay i've, I've got to load up this mission knowing that i'm looking for a better unit for this uh area of of interest and uh and if i don't find them well then i gotta load up the mission again or load up a different mission and, and i was trying to find specific people whereas five was more just Man, I'm just going to keep running around until I find some cool dudes and then I'm going to take them.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of my angst about um how much I love Peace Walker is that I just knew my time with it was short. Like I beat it after like I was done with it probably around 16, 17 hours after that much time of play and I was like, "Oh, I know I can I can just tell I can sink maybe like 50 hours into this game." But I have, like, the rest of the series that is apparently a better view of you right in front of me. So I was like, I have to put you down. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> like, it sucked.
0: <clears throat> it's a real shame, because <clears throat> th- there's some there's some badass stuff that happens at the end of that game uh, in terms of weapons that you get and can find, uh, in terms of some of the missions that you can take on, and then, yeah, that story stuff that we talked a, lot of, a little bit about with, with Paz and, and Metal Gear Zeke and... And all that stuff. Um, so, but but you have gone around enough to know all the extra stuff that you can find in Peace Walker?
1: Uh, I mean, kind of. Like, I I mostly watch, like, the last few cutscenes that were offered. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in-game content in Peace Walker is kind of an, escapes me. Like, I just know it's a lot of building up Zeke, which I never really touched on mm-hmm. at all. Like, I didn't get anything to begin... I didn't start building Zeke at all, I guess. Yeah. You know? None of that got... I never got into Outer Ops too much. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like, that's... Outer Ops is where you can find some of the better blueprints that can then... You can turn into actual gear that you uh, can research and use. Uh, did you know uh, about the Monster Hunter content in this game? Yes, I did. Okay Uh, because that's kind of the crazy in-game content uh, at the end that it's fucking nuts. (laughs) Um, I don't, I've never really played a Monster Hunter game. Uh, I tried to play, I think it was Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate uh, for the 3DS uh, that came out a few years ago, a couple years ago, something like that. Uh, I was not good at it. I, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of setup in that game and you need to know what you're doing or read a guide or have somebody teach you uh, and definitely play with other people. And playing with other people is not something that I have in spades, uh, especially not when I've moved to a new city uh, where I don't know a ton of people and anybody that I do know has never heard of Monster Hunter before, so there's absolutely no way that I'm going to find uh, anyone to play that game with me. So I ended up putting it down. But in Peace Walker... Uh, you can find a couple of the big monsters. You actually go to this Monster Hunter Island, and uh, there's the little cat, and the name of the cat, I forgot. Um, it's got a cutesy name that from the species of it in, in Monster Hunter. I'm sure people are yelling at what it is. Um, but anyway... You, I'm trying uh, to think of it too. Yeah, it's like Meowster or something like that. It's, it's not Meowster, but it's something like that.
1: <laughs> so you, you talk to the Meowsters, then what?
0: <laughs> yes, that's canon now. Um, but yeah, you, you take on these... It's a few different variations of, of Monster Hunter things. Uh, I, again, I don't know the Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter monsters that well. Uh, I've heard the name Rathalos before, and that is, a, that is definitely one that is in Peace Walker... Um, and I, I don't remember which ones are which. They're, there's dragony things that charge you and fly around. There's uh, one that uh, like throws bone shards at you that then explodes. Uh, and these are these are the missions that are I, I think are super cool because they they are they feel like real boss fights. Whereas the other ones are just kind of taking on uh, these AI things uh and there are there are other vehicles in the in the game as well there's uh helicopters and apcs and tanks that uh if you can take out the uh the drivers of those vehicles then you get the vehicles themselves or you can just blow up the vehicles and, and win that way but uh, you want to keep the vehicles for the same reason you fulton everything is that if you if you don't get the vehicles that's something you don't have in your army now um yeah. but um with the monsters, like there's no bringing them back to base, so it's all about killing them efficiently. And this is where it starts to get more into the monster hunter territory of how to play a game because you you get extra bonuses if you can knock off its tail or knock off a horn or something that it has. And um, I, I think the and you absolutely can uh, tranquilize these bosses. So there's there's benefits to taking in your trank weapons that are going to actually make the game a heck of a lot harder because those don't. Hit nearly as they're not nearly as impactful as your your, your giant uh, RPG launchers and things like that. But um, but if you can can sedate them instead of killing them, then you can get better gear out of them to to build even more crazy stuff. Um, I think they are actually like armor variants of those of those monsters, like there are in the the actual Monster Hunter games. Uh, if you can tranquilize them or if you can knock off their tail or, or get specific blueprints from them from doing that things especially um, and I'm not hundred percent sure if it's a monster hunter monster or not but there is uh, a uh, a monster called Rex or gear oh. Rex or something like that uh, which is totally a, a takeoff of uh, Metal Gear Rex from uh, from a uh, Ma, from uh, Metal Gear Solid, the original Metal Gear Solid, um, and yeah, Gear Gear Rex is a is a bitch to fight, but uh, those games, th- those modes are are awesome. Uh, they're really hard in single player, uh, but I have had the joy of playing a couple of those with uh, with some friends, the old World Eight crew, and uh, and we had a blast. Like four people, all in battle dress and all with rocket launchers and things, just trying to Take out these these giant monsters, and they're also like the uh, uh, like the, the lost world um, little uh, crap. What are those little nasty little dinosaur things called? Oh, compies. Compies. Yeah, they're like little compy guys that, that come and try to fuck with you as you're as you're facing the big monsters, and uh, and that's why it's helpful to have a, a at least one other person in there to kind of clear those guys out while the other one goes after the the big dude. Uh, but those are really cool, fun aspects of the game. And for a person who has a casual interest in Monster Hunter, but never really wants to play Monster Hunter, uh, that was that was a really cool experience to to get to play a little bit of of that style of game. Even though I was playing Metal Gear, still.
1: Um, yeah. Um, so uh, that extra game content, or at least like the the Monster Hunter stuff, I I'm more interested in hearing how they kind of try to bring that into the story i like i would love to hear boss and kaz talk about like these monsters that they see
0: i don't necessarily think kaz talks about it but i think to unlock the missions themselves and and this has been a while since i played it but i believe the idea is that you have to listen to all of chico's tapes uh and chico because chico's tapes are talking about like the local wildlife uh, and if you get to the very end of that, and you also have to beat the game and, and go through some other missions as well, but uh, but kind of the last condition, because I honestly didn't play many of the tapes in, in Peace Walker, um, because they're kind of boring most of the time. Uh, whereas the codec conversations in, in previous Metal Gear games are, are things that you listen to as the game goes on because they're necessary story things. Uh, in Peace Walker, they are kind of all just side stuff that's from like the kojima notebook of well here's here's some research i did on costa rica and i'll tell you all about the stuff that's going on in costa rica uh but chico's all have stuff to do with about flora and fauna and that kind of stuff and when you get to the end he talks about some of the monsters that also have shown up around uh the costa rican area and snake doesn't believe him and and then he ends up going to the island and finding the monsters themselves and i think there might even be some more stuff with chico after that where it was like hey you didn't believe me before but you totally believe me now right and hey there's another monster and let me tell you about it too and this is crazy so they do weave it into the story kind of even though it is is very much an extra side thing um if you want if you want fun conversations with Kaz. Uh, you just keep on playing Metal Gear Solid 5. You're, there, there are some fun ones that, that show up eventually. Um, even though that game is, is mostly pretty serious, there are, there are some fun codec y style tapes that you can, can find uh, later in that game. Awesome. But uh, speaking of 5, uh, this is where I uh, kind of want to grill you a little bit because we've, we've hinted at this a couple times now, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, you seem to pull back a little when I keep telling people to play Metal Gear Solid V instead of Peace Walker, uh, because I think V is just Peace Walker except better. Uh, so where's the debate? Uh, and, and this, again, coming through the lens of a person who is not very far into V. Um, mm-hmm. so, well, it's it's
1: mostly because uh, I just cracked my knuckles. I hope you didn't catch that. I um,
0: totally caught it, but it was badass, so you're fine. <clears throat> awesome.
1: Yeah, I don't have fingers anymore. Uh, <laughs> No, it's mostly because I I need that story context. Like the idea of picking up like I know so many people play Metal Gear Solid 5 without playing any other Metal Gear like that was their first Metal Gear Solid game. That would terrify me. Like I the story context is very is very light in MGS5 and mm-hmm. I think that's why it kind of can can succeed without playing Peace Walker. <clears throat> but there are so many tiny nods like especially when it comes down to Understanding what happened in 1974 and 75 with Peace Walker and Ground Zeroes, like that, sets up the entirety of Metal Gear Solid Five. Like understanding what you went through to build up this mother base in the first place, or in in 74, and then seeing the events that take place in Ground Zeroes uh, that you know lead to the demise of that are also very important. I, I believe. Did you play Ground Zeroes?
0: I did. Um, yeah. It, it was. I, I actually didn't like it. Uh, oh, I loved
1: the piss out of it. Mostly because of the story.
0: Like, yeah, I, I like the story stuff too, even though that's super... Min- I mean, the whole game is very minimal because it's basically a demo for 5. Uh, and my problem with that is is—is that it's such a small um, slice of what 5 is. Like, you are in this very limited island. Uh, not really an island, but uh, this very limited space, single base, uh, that... I just didn't feel like I had enough room to roam around and do my thing. Uh, and I was getting caught a lot and I thought, Oh God, if this is what five is, I'm not going to like five at all. And five ended up being super open. Uh, and for my play style, which is a lot of sniping guys at a distance, um, when I can or, uh, and then getting up and, and being sneaky and taking out the rest. Um, that works so much better in five than it did in ground zeros. Cause in ground zeros, you just did not really have access to the, I've, I've, I felt very limited in that game.
1: Yeah. Um, no, so and I can see that, scared. but I, really my, my arguments um, for why you should play peace Walker is I, I think uh, well, this is very much a series where if you don't play them in the order that they were released, like, they improve on how they play with each iteration. So it's harder to go back to the ones that were released, like, like, I guess one or two and three, like, after you do this. So, I don't know. Like, as a person who cares about the, you know, how the story is supposed to, like, say I was older in the 90s, right? And I was, I kind of played through this series as they came out. Um, you know, that would have been really important to me to know, like, everything going into this because right now like it's so cool that i've kind of decided to skip um four and revengeance i guess like in terms of order of release i've kind of broken that but playing three straight into peace walker straight into ground zero is now straight into the phantom pain i've seen like 20 years of big boss's life and it's been fascinating like the melodrama in that series is a little bit goofy at times but like seeing boss struggle over killing you know his mentor and like seeing how that kind of grows him as a person seeing all of his injuries take place like i really do feel like i've followed this entire man's life like career and it's been awesome so i mean i guess
0: so what you're saying is the next game you're going to be playing is metal gear for the nes or or the, gonna go find an msx and you're gonna play metal gear and metal gear 2 right i probably want to <laughs> I, even though i won't i won't feel compelled to like finish those
1: but um yeah, I mean, I, I just like. I, I I think I'm just a big big boss fanboy at this point. So like the idea of missing any of his story, granted I haven't played portable up, so that's kind of hypocritical of me. But the right. idea of missing any part of his story is huge.
0: I'm I'm actually totally with you. I know people who mm-hmm. really like the Solid Snake story and are pissed any time another game with Big Boss comes out because they don't care about that. I'm the exact opposite. I yeah. I, I tolerate Solid Snake. Um, but big boss, I just, I feel like that's a story that I can follow a little bit more. And I actually, uh, I like it a, a lot more than, than getting into the ridiculousness that, that follows games like Metal Gear Solid two and four and definitely religions. Yeah. Cause that game's just starts batch it and keeps going batch it.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Like I, I saw, like I said earlier, I watched a video that pretty much summarizes four. And like seeing characters like so I mean, Meryl and uh and Hal, like where's it yeah, okay, I'm mixing up Huey and Hal. Yeah. <laughs> uh characters like Merrill and Hal, like in the you know, rendered on the PS three, that didn't really do anything for me. Like seeing yeah, seeing Meryl and like better rendered and stuff like that, I was like I wasn't like, Oh cool, it's Meryl, like I missed her. No, no, that I was not nostalgic for that character at all. And yeah. Ryden right, is just a whiny, whiny dude. Like, I, yeah, I, I just don't have the reverence for those characters like I do anybody in Big Boss's plotline. Like, yeah. Miller is probably one of the better written, like, the writing in Metal Gear games is just, you know, it, it's a crash shoot, right? But Miller is written so passionate and, like, just praying about everything that he does to where, like, every single time he opens his mouth, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll listen to you. You're a genuine
0: Yeah, I I can't say a lot more uh, because of where you are in 5. I do think it's, for all the reverence that he's given in Peace Walker and 5, he's just so unceremoniously dumped in Metal Gear, in the original Metal Gear Solid game. Uh, I know he's a big part of the first Metal Gear, and he might be a part of Metal Gear 2 as well. Um, but when you get to solid, it seems like he's this guy who's just kind of helping you out. He's another codec conversation. Uh, and then later in the game you find out, no, liquid snake killed him. And then has just been feeding you all of this information from the beginning. I I think from the beginning, like it seems like Miller's been dead for a while.
1: Um, yeah, I'm very tempted to go back and play one. Um, after I'm done with five or I guess to your to your recommendation the MSX games but uh, yeah I, I forgot a lot of because as far as I'm concerned, if you want to play anything like in the modern day like the, you know the 90s storyline beyond like you just need to play one like I, two is okay but it is written and feels like a retelling of one. You know, it's written to be that way, and it feels that
0: way. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. they just get bonkers. So, here's kind of my not so much a counterpoint, but it's it's my view on on what you just said there. Whereas whereas you're saying that uh, if you're if you're gonna start kind of start from the start, if you if you played five and then want to go back and and play Peace Walker, or play anything before that, it's going to feel dated and and hamper your experience. Um, Peace Walker is actually the the first Metal Gear solid game that I really played. I, I barely give two and three any credit for that because I actually I didn't play three until after I played Peace Walker. Um, I, I played literally like two hours of two, maybe maybe a little bit more, but I, it was it was so clunky to me that I, I barely played it at all. Um, so Peace Walker ended up being the first time I really gave Metal Gear Solid a chance and, and loved it. And I think that was because the controls were just so much stronger, uh, even on the PSP when you're using the, the, uh, square circle triangle, uh, X buttons, cross buttons as, uh, as you're aiming, uh, which is kind of, kind of nuts, uh, and on the Vita version, you can change it to make the, the aiming go on the right stick, which is great. And in the, the HD versions, it's just automatically on the right stick, uh, so, which is why that game feels even better on those, on those consoles instead of the PSP. Um, but, uh, but the point is, like, I didn't really know much of the Metal Gear story going into Peace Walker, and I just kind of played from there. Uh, and I actually didn't mind it at all. Uh, Peacewalkers story kind of felt pretty self-contained to me in, in the story about MSF. I knew some some stuff had happened to Snake beforehand. Uh, I at least knew the end of three from, I don't know, just through osmosis of following games where people were talking yeah. about how the boss got betrayed. But um, so just going into that, I felt like Peacewalker was actually a really good place to start uh if you want to start some of the Metal Gear Canon ideas. Um but then again, I have I have just watched the, there there are so many you you'll find all the cutscenes on YouTube. Uh, people have oh, yeah, have sure. gone to great pains to stitch together the cutscenes in a way that just makes it seem like a movie. A movie that takes a really long time. Um, I, I remember uh it was actually a couple weekends back in college where I just spent Days watching the cutscenes from Metal Gear Solid One through Metal Gear Solid Four um, took a long time, uh, and oh, yeah. and I also watched the Twin Snakes One instead of uh, instead of actual Metal Gear Solid One because I figured if I was watching cutscenes, I might as well watch good cutscenes, uh, nicely rendered ones on a on a GameCube rather than uh, PlayStation One blocky graphics. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so I, I experienced all those games kind of had to offer story wise, uh, and then was totally fine jumping in on Peace Walker. So I, I think if you if you actually want to get into Metal Gear, uh, I might go the route I did because uh, Peace Walker is the first one that kind of feels modern enough that you'd want to keep giving it a shot. Whereas yeah, I, I think you can get alienated by those controls of. Solid and two and three. Actually, maybe not solid because that was an overhead perspective, and and it was a little easier in that way. But especially two and three, whereas some of that stuff just feels so arcane in the way that those games are are played and control that they're they're tough. Uh, I think four, from what I've heard, is is easier to play, um, and actually by being made around the same time as Peace Walker, they have similar control styles, uh, and then five. Five is a dream. You can play it, uh, so it plays more or less just like Peace Walker. Uh, you can have a control scheme that plays basically just like four, and then there is one that is basically just Call of Duty, um, whereas it's the the left trigger, right trigger stuff. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed playing the Call of Duty controls uh, and had no problem with it throughout the throughout the whole game. But um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're if you want to start. From a relative start point, I'd say uh, Peace Walker is a great one to to play. Uh, If you want to just play a really fantastic game that has all of this amazing base building stuff and and collecting the units and and doing the research and, and getting all this cool junk that you can mess around with in missions... I, I still think you can skip Peace Walker. I, I love it; it is one of my favorite games of all time. But I think now that Five is out and it's it's giant and beautiful and on consoles that people own um, currently, then that's a great place to just jump in and start playing. It's a game that's that's somewhat light on story, uh, so you can you can play it and not really have to worry about it. Um, and there are there are definitely story things for people who dig uh, and want to get some of that stuff, but it's. It's kind of enough on the outside that if you just want to go in and play a really, really fantastic playing game, uh, that's a that's a great one to jump into.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my currently my biggest complaint, and to other people's, you know, virtue, I guess. Like, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five just does not have as much, you know, of that Metal Gear ish story as I want. Like, I want characters being upset for no real good reasons. You know, I want some goofy stuff going on, but it's it's a little bit harder to come by. It's there, but it allows people to jump into it. So,
0: And, give it, and give it some more time. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, and I also I, say
1: all of this being, only being like eight hours into the game. I
0: think some of your concerns will definitely be addressed. Um, and, uh, and you and I will have to have, uh, I guess, a private conversation uh, sometime afterward um, once you finish that game uh finish it for reels um there's it, it definitely it does i don't think it's that much of a spoiler to say it does the peace walker thing again where it's hey you beat the game hey there's a lot more game to play yeah um, and that's the thing like
1: i hope by yeah i hope by the time i get to the the first ending we'll call it of the phantom pain mm-hmm. i hope i am i have the exact same like enthusiasm and eager to continue playing Metal Gear that I did at the end of Peace Walker. Cause that's when I got sad that I had to put Peace Walker down.
0: Yeah. When I, I, I think realized you will. Like, oh, uh, there's
1: other things for me to experience.
0: What really helps in five again, I'm not trying to spoil anything for you, but after you hit that first credit sequence, it immediately goes into a, Hey, here's a chapter two and we're going to show you kind of a trailer of all some uh, just hints of all the crazy shit that you're gonna see in the next phase. I actually think there's more story and cutscene stuff in the second chapter than there is in the first chapter. So awesome. you're very much just scratching the surface when you hit that first credit sequence.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I currently have no interest in, I guess. I don't. I don't really keep up with games as much as I used to, which is a damn shame because I love them as much as more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know what's coming out this year, Um, so I'm I'm ready for the Phantom Pain to be my forever game, like well into 2016 at this rate, Mm -hmm. like
0: at the rate I'm playing it. It's it's not a it's not a bad game to to make that choice for. Um, Yeah, Yeah. like I've
1: never had that game where I think the last game I put in over maybe oh well let's. Counter Strike and Dota 2 aside, the last game where I've been like, "Okay, this is my, you know, I'm a 16-year-old boy with $60 in my pocket once a year. This is all I have to chew on." Like, I think the last game I really did that on was like Fallout 3. Okay. Where I was just like chewing on it forever um, and I wouldn't let it go. That'll do. I'm ready for the phantom pain to be
0: that. All right. Right now. I mean, there there is a sequel to that game that you mentioned that that literally came out a week ago. I'm ignoring
1: that. And, okay, here's the thing. This is not where we need to have this discussion. But, of course like, not. I have zero interest in Fallout 4 right now. And I think it's because the Phantom Pain is like my shit right now. Like, I just want to continue doing that. But yeah, I mean, Fallout 3.5, we'll see.
0: I can tell you, it's a really special game. Uh, it's a game okay. that I'm really enjoying playing. It's a game that once you finally do pick it up, it's going to be even better because hopefully they'll have taken care of some of the uh, performance Bethesda jank that uh, always happens in those games. Uh, honestly, well, I've been playing PC on...
1: Cash, but they, so, I mean, I don't have any of
0: that. Uh, there's, I mean, it's still a Bethesda game. There's scripting, oh, yeah. that, there's scripting an glitches and all that other shit going on <laughs> no matter where you're playing it. Uh, honestly, though, I'm playing it on PS4. I've had very few problems. Um, awesome. I've I've heard people who have had issues on Xbox, and I've heard people who have issues on PlayStation, but I've it's been relatively smooth. Uh, yeah, that's a great game, uh, but I'm I'm glad you're you're really giving Phantom Pain a shot, and uh, and honestly, Fallout's going to be there forever when you're when you're done with it. So, uh.
1: oh, and that's the thing like people still like whenever Skyrim goes on sale on Steam, it's still like the top selling game. Yeah. Like five years later or four years later.
0: And another good justification is, like, hey, no one's going to ruin what happens in Fallout 4. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, f- nobody really cares about the storyline in Fallout games. I know I don't. No. Uh, like, I don't at all. Like, I, I barely play the main story. You play a few missions, you get to something cool, and you just get sidetracked with all these cool side missions and, and things to collect and things like that. But But even when somebody tells me in Fallout 3 that... Hey, there's this this vault that you can go down where they just cloned this one guy a ton of times, and like that. Oh man, that's cool. I want to see that. And so it's not even really a spoiler. It's just oh man, there's a thing in this game. Cool. I want to go do that. Whereas Metal Gear is very very much about story and the way people can spoil it for you, and uh, it's it's one of those games that you want to play. I know when it came out for me, it's like, I want to play this game quickly before I learn any shit that I don't want to know right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one that I hold in a little higher reverence when it comes to spoiling for people. Hopefully I have I have avoided uh, major spoilers for you because um, it's, it's something to be experienced, whereas Fallout is just, hey man, I want to go out and, and see a lot of cool stuff and get in some power armor and find a plasma rifle and do... Do cool things. Pet a dog. Pet a dog. Yeah, you can do that in Metal
1: Gear Solid Five. Too. You
0: can. You can pet a dog in Metal Gear Solid Five. It's a good dog. I really like these. He's a puppy.
1: He's a puppy for me right now. Mm-hmm. Poor poor dog with one eye. He'll get better. Yep. Yeah. And so that's a. Uh, I don't know. I have this problem with, uh, and we're we're way out in the weeds right now. Oh, but of course, like
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Like Fallout Four, big important game. Like I'm, I'm even a, a dude that. Like I yeah I, I got into one and two like at the at, so when three was announced I was like oh cool I'm gonna dig up these old games and I played the hell out of those so yeah story should be important to me but it's not so I don't really care but Fallout Four is not a game I'm gonna pick up anytime soon I don't play games as they come out like me playing Metal Gear Solid Five two months after it was released is unprecedented for me in the <laughs> past few years and that actually kind of upsets me because. Yeah, I just don't play things as they release. Like this is the first $60 game I've put money down on forever because everything's always discounted by yeah. the time I get to it.
0: What was your what was your previous new game before this one? Was it Tomodachi Life?
1: Oh. Oh, actually, I keep a spreadsheet just for this reason. <laughs> Give me one second.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, it may have been Tomodachi Life. I yeah, I guess when I got into like my I got my 2DS, that was um very much the case. Uh, you know, I tried Undertale for a hot second in October. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, more like boring as hell. Tale.
0: I Ooh, fell every single Oh, dissenting to opinion. Yeah, I, okay, I have not you know played what? it because Never I'm mind. not part of the PC master race. But uh, if that if that does ever come to Vita or PSN, I'm I'm excited to at least try it. I know it's gotten a ton of fervor, uh, so I'm interested to see what it's all about.
1: Uh, you know, it's it's great. It's just not it's not Metal Gear, which is why I was bored by it.
0: <laughs> many um, many things are not Metal Gear. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I, you know, I I guess I'm kind of biting my tongue. Mario Maker I played when it came out, but okay. before then, uh, yeah, nothing in 2015. <laughs> I've only played Mario Maker and the Phantom Pain.
0: Oh boy, well it's gonna be real fun to have you on for Game of the
1: Year. You know, I'll just hang out right here. Oh. You know, to to kind of wrap up bow, I know, I I feel like we're trying to kind of close out right now, but um, while we were talking, I opened my new 3DS and started to play the demo for Snake Eater on 3DS. Yeah? Um, uh, Hey, surprise, that game has the control scheme of Peace Walker.
0: Does it now? Huh.
1: Yeah. Huh. It does.
0: Man. Uh, I don't... I don't need to go into that. <laughs> uh, that does sound fun, though.
1: Oh, it, I was playing it. I'm like, oh my god.
0: Oh um, man! All right. Well, that's that has like increased my interest in playing through Metal Gear Solid Three a thousandfold. But I, ugh, I don't know. I, I try, can't. try the
1: demo. Try the demo, and you have to go into the controls and say, yes, I have a Circle Pad Pro. Wink, wink.
0: Ah, uh, nice. All right. Well, that's. That's kind of fascinating, actually. I I might have to give that a try.
1: Yep that's a that's a good cliffhanger, I guess, for this episode. Oh, All
0: right, yeah, cool. You changed the game on me like that. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! All right, well, Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it's hey, no Always great to have you. I, I know it's tough to have you because you don't play things new like we just discussed. Uh, right. But uh, it's uh, you offer a great opinion, um, and uh, and yeah, playing Peace Walker, man. That's a it's a hell of a game. I was super excited when I saw you were uh, going out and streaming that and, and uh, got your whole setup and got your giant other TV on your your you know power station, battle station, whatever you PC people call them. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I just call it my, my computer.
0: Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that was, that no, was a funny image of that giant-ass TV on your desk uh, along with your computer monitor.
1: It's good yeah, capturing footage off of the PS3, uh, pain in the ass
0: I'll just say that much <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it that looked uh, yeah that looked painful anyway uh, thanks for coming on man uh, we'll have you on real soon because uh, that game of the year episode again uh, we're going to try to record that either in very late December like after Christmas uh, or early January just uh, based on people's schedules uh, I've still got quite a few games to play. Uh, I'd really like to to get her story in the books somewhere, uh, so I can talk about that game. Um, Unfinished Swan came out for Vita uh, this year. Uh, oh. There's some there's some other good stuff that came out uh, this year, uh, but I, I said it before and I'll say it again: kind of a down year for handheld games this year. Console games, hell of great year, man. That's a there's some super awesome games that came out uh we talked uh, about a, a few of them on this show um but uh but handheld games a little little down um i know next year is going to be better uh, at least with even if it's just fire emblem but that that makes it better already <laughs> um we'll talk more about that uh when it comes to game of the year so uh so zach again thanks for coming on thanks for everybody for listening and uh we'll see you in a in a few weeks when we uh, put up that new episode yeah. Uh-huh.